You're listening to The Authenticity Show, where you get to eavesdrop on great conversations about health, creativity, and the quest for excellence. Your hosts are Carlos Casados and Satch Purcell. Before we get started, I'd like to remind you to subscribe to The Authenticity Show wherever you get your podcasts, and find us on social media. Like us, follow us, reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. Our guest today is the amazing and talented Kim Lee. Kim Lee is the owner and director of Pacific Conservatory, a music school in Orange, California. She's also a pianist and accompanist at Santa Ana College and all-around cool chick and lady about town. She's a good friend of ours, and we are very excited to have her on the show. So let's talk to Kim Lee. So uh, we're talking to Kim Lee here. Hi, well, thanks for being on our show, Kim Lee. Thank you, Oliver. Welcome yeah. to the Authenticity Show. It's good to have you. Okay, now, is it Lee here. or is it Lay? It's both. But which one is it? <laughs> <laughs> I think here in America, most people, by and large, will say Lee. Yeah. But in Vietnam, it'd, it'd be Lay. Yeah. But I also wouldn't call myself Kim Lee. I'd be Lay Tien Kim. Mm. Last name, middle name, first name. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, That's right, so. that's right. Kim okay. Lee works. All right. You're Kim Lee here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Very good. So you run a music school in Orange called Pacific Conservatory. Yes. Right. You've been doing it for a while now. And what's that like? There is a lot of fun to be had when you get to have um, creative control of your own little school. Mm -hmm. I, I enjoyed coming up with my own curriculum, starting to use my own books and diverting from the things that I didn't feel like were working in the past when I was a teacher there. I had taught there for 15 years and used the same curriculum the whole time. Oh. And um, it didn't feel like it would resonate with the kids that are out these days as much as it did back then. So I, I changed it up and um, I enjoy it. I enjoy every aspect of it, except um, when the toilets get clogged up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You, don't, you can't call anyone because you're the one to call. I'm now the one to call. Yeah. I mean, if it's bad enough, I do. But yeah, well, that yeah. was... Uh, one of those first realizations, I was about to go to a dinner with my family. I had on a pretty dress, and I got a call from one of the teachers, Kim, the toilet. Oh, man. Oh, that's really <laughs> so shitty. So, you know, I stopped. <laughs> Went back to school. So that's, that's mm. now just a way of life. Yeah. Wow. So you taught there, and it was owned by someone else, and then eventually you bought the school? How did that happen? Brenda Eads was my boss for 15 years. And she trained me and taught me how to teach group classes and taught me everything she knew, basically. Um, not knowing necessarily that I would take over for her, but she did plant that seed early on. She didn't have children of her own, so she always figured one of her teachers would take over someday. And uh, that someday came 15 years later. How long have you been the owner now? Four years. Four years, okay. Yeah, um, this is my senior year. Oh, yeah, you're a senior. <laughs> yeah. Wow. All right. A, graduate. a senior during the COVID-19 crisis, so no graduation uh, for you. Do, right? do you have That's senioritis? Right. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it'd be mm. nice to just go to the beach. But Senior yeah. prank day. Senior prank day, exactly. It's time to put the car on the roof. The piano. The piano on the roof, exactly. <laughs> so you're a pianist. Yes. And you, do you, you have other teachers that teach there, right? Yes. <laughs> There's one that I know pretty well that's right in this room. Right, I teach there too. <laughs> yes. Um, so what, what do you teach every instrument or is there any instrument you don't teach? Or give, give us the gamut of what you can learn if you're a student at Pacific Conservatory. 
You can take lessons in any genre of music that you choose. We do start with a classical education for the piano students, um, and we use you know kind of a proper, somewhat old school but somewhat modernized method. But as soon as a kid says they want to learn a rock song, I'm all over it. I'm I'm okay with that. Right. So we uh, have piano, voice, guitar, drums, ukulele, violin, and we teach foreign language. Nice. Oh, you teach language too? Yeah, we well, have. Italian, French, Spanish, and Farsi. Wow, Farsi. Yeah. How did well, how, how did that happen? Like, what, what, was that always there? Or is that something that's happened since you've been there? Oh no, that was so, there before me. Always, wow, yeah. Farsi. A lot I of things that you. Brenda did. I had no are idea. Still the same language there. That's yeah, awesome. Most people don't, but we do have a good little following. Wow. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Really cool. So, Kim, one of the things I've always admired about you is how active you are in your community. It seems like you're always doing something. You're like at City Hall or you're with the Chamber of Commerce or you're, you know, cutting a ribbon somewhere or <laughs> doing something like how how do you yeah, how do you do true. all this stuff? You're you're like all over the place. Yeah, it's noticeable for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I have a minivan. You have a minivan. <laughs> That's my secret. <laughs> yeah. Well there you have it, folks. Yeah. yeah. Get a minivan, you'll be okay. I have a minivan. <laughs> But I don't do all that stuff. No, like, where, where does that come from? Where, where does this drive to participate in so many things? Where does, where does this come from? I think a lot of it, if I were to be honest, comes from um, upbringing and maybe being told that I was not good enough and kind of having to feel this constant need to do better. And part of it is just, I love my town. I grew up here and... Some people really amazing to me, and I have I hope that I can be that person for a child today. Um, I also had a lot of people who helped me out when I first started the business. Um, I'm not a business person at heart. I come from a family of artists. My dad at first said, this will never work. We're a family of artists. We're not business people, Kim. I said, well, I hope I can prove you wrong, Dad. He's like, well, I hope so, too. <laughs> so uh, all the help that I got I mean if I don't give it back to the next person who comes up then what good is it because I get to help so many more people now because um, other people have helped me and brought me up so I just try to do the same that's what I do with the Chamber of Commerce it's mm-hmm. a business group so mm. we help the new businesses and uh, or b- businesses in need of help we help them stay afloat so you're like on the, the board of directors or something for the Chamber of Commerce, yeah. right? Yeah. So um, since you're a self-proclaimed non-business person who runs a business and is the principal of her own school, um, how, do you take an artist's approach to your work like with, through, through the Chamber of Commerce? Or how does that work? Because you're not this business person, yet you're very involved in that world. So how does an artist do that? What's that like? I have very much, I, I think that if we looked at my brain four years ago and looked at it today, I don't know what what would look the same. I new honestly, software? Yeah, definitely a lot of new downloaded software. <laughs> and to the point where I make it a point to play and practice because I'm afraid of losing those skills. Yeah. But um, yeah, there's only so much time in a day and so much room in the brain. And it's very different now, upstairs. Hmm. You are really good at networking. Um, having hung out with you privately, just hang, hanging, you know, going to friends' parties, uh, going to musical events and concert little uh, recitals and things like that, and to events like for the Chamber of Commerce, 
meetings and things like that, I can say and attest that you are really good at it. You're, you're good at building connections. Um, but behind all of that, there's always a, a real feeling of heart behind it, which I, I love. It's not like I'm saying, oh, you're so good at you know being a car salesman or something like that. It's not like that. I mean, you just, I find that you genuinely build connections with people easily and effortlessly. And when we're out, I see that we run into people who know you and they're so stoked to see you. Always oh. run into people that know Kim. Yeah, right? It's always, always. It's, it's, you know everyone. It's like, Kim knows everyone. I hear that sometimes. It's awesome. You're really good at that. And I think it's wonderful. I think it's all the music training. I remember a lot of names mm. and I love people. Mm. I mean, I definitely, there's a big place in my, in my brain that I just, you know, I used to spend it and I just think about people and all the people that I know. And is this person okay? And is this person doing okay today? And um, this person has a new job. This person has a new child, you know. I think about those things a lot. You know what I think about? What? Kim for mayor. <laughs> oh. Whoa. That's the first time I've been told that today. <laughs> Are you prepared, Kim, to announce your candidacy? Right. On air? <laughs> yeah, when's the official release date of that information? Oh, I'm, I'm okay without being the mayor. I can already see the yard signs. Me too. <laughs> Kim Le. <laughs> That's right. Mm-hmm. I have a story about people knowing Kim Lee. We were at the Orange Street Fair, which is a big deal here in Orange, California, awesome. by the Orange Circle, you know, yeah. Chapman and Glissell. Um, and I was performing with some students from the school. Mm-hmm. I was playing bass, which was fun. Actually, that was my first actual gig as a bass player. So thank <laughs> you for uh, allowing me to become a bass player. Um, my pleasure. But, so we're, and it's just like packed. It's just like madness everywhere at the Orange Street Fair, right? You've been there, right? It's just crazy. Yeah, it's pandemonium. Mm-hmm. It's pretty every, cool, for but three it's, days it's chaotic. Yeah. We walk, and I'm following Kim. Kim is like just kind of, you know, leading this group of people that are following her around. And we walk to Haven Gastropub, which is mm. a really popular restaurant. I love that place. Owned by my friend Will D. I'm going to plug that place packed. right now. Place he even knows, she a, knows Will D. There's a line out the door. We walk in. The owner says, Kim, I have a table for you. <laughs> We walk past like a hundred fucking people <laughs> and he sits us down at a table and serves us drinks immediately. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> Glad to know this person. Oh, that's, I didn't even notice. You that, know, that's, that's my that new going nickname on. for you. The yeah. mayor. The mayor. I like it. Oh my goodness. The mayor. Yeah, you got a new nickname. The musical mayor. <laughs> that's well, a that, good one. I like yeah. that. So Kim, um, you said that you think of people. And you think about what they're up to and what they're doing. When you said that, I sort of realized that it's not that I don't think of people. I mean, I do think of people, but I don't think that way. And you just introduced me to a completely new way of thinking oh, <laughs> about all the people that I know. Uh-huh. Like to actually scan like and think of all the people that I know, right? Yeah. Um, this is going to be different from now on, Carlos. I'm, I'm going to be thinking about all the people that I know and what they're up to and reaching out to them. It's going to be very interesting. I'm not mm-hmm. sure I have time to do this. Thanks, yes. Kim. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm busy enough. Now I'm going to be as busy as you. Right? Oh, yeah. um, but that's, that's an interesting idea to just think of all the people that you know. And then well, what are the questions that you ask yourself about what they're up to? Well, um, I just texted a friend tonight that I hadn't talked to since the whole COVID thing happened. Um, and she started a new job, so I don't get to see her very much anymore. She was a field rep for um, Congressman Correa before. Rachel Rolnicki is her name. It'll come back up later, so I'm going to mention it now. Mm. And I thought, oh, my goodness, she just got an amazing promotion. And um, 
I haven't heard from her. So I just texted her and said, mm, hey, how are you? You know, okay. how's the new job going? Okay. All right. Kind of cool and exciting. She's now um, working at the Orange County Business Council. So I'm happy for her. Very nice. Yeah. Maybe she'll text me back. I feel so selfish all of a sudden. Not, no. not thinking about all the people that I know and what they're up to. Yeah. No, but, so when I think about you, that's really the first thing I think selfishness, about. Selfishness, yeah. So yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right. Yeah. yeah. I'm the mayor of selfishness. <laughs> Better than being the mayor of Simpleton. Oh. If I can throw in a, like an 80s reference okay. there. Okay. Um, so, yeah, that's another thing I wanted to ask you, Kim. This whole COVID-19 pandemic. I'll uh, kill some time while you pour the wine into your empty white cloth can. <laughs> and the floor. <laughs> and bubbles on Keeping the floor. it classy. <laughs> I'll probably cut that She's out. human. She's human, folks. Yeah. Well, she's human? Damn. Okay, um, so, like, a lot of businesses are going out of business. So, how do you stay in business? I mean, did you have to take out a loan? Did you lose money? Or like, how, how's that going for you financially? Financially, it's been the most amazing journey. Um, I've, I've learned through business ownership to, um, how hard I can fall and still survive. And this has definitely been the hardest fall. I mean, I finally got to four years. I'm feeling like a senior, you know, and then this happens and I'm, I'm back on, you know, back on the floor where I started. <laughs> Resilience. Yeah, absolute resilience and just having trust in the process and not um, falling to pieces every time something catastrophic happens and things do happen, you know, and... Uh, so did, did you, like, use up your savings? I mean... Yeah. Yep, I used... But, you know, what? A, a lot of parents were amazing. Some quit, of course, some quit, but then some said, um, we're not going to come in, but here's our monthly check anyway. Wow. Because we want you to stay in business. Wonderful. Um, That's f- love. Yeah, yeah. We Support. really have a good community of people. Um, a few teachers offered to teach for free. I mean, who does that? Who says, I'll just keep doing my job, but you don't have to give me money. <laughs> wow. Mm. Yeah. No, I feel guilty for not doing that. <laughs> hey, that's okay. Things it are hurts, okay now. It hurts, doesn't it? Yeah. It hurts, doesn't it, Ollie? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It digs a hole in the soul, doesn't it? All of yeah. <laughs> Weighs <laughs> heavily. <laughs> And um, the Community Foundation of Orange stepped up and started offering our children more scholarships so that with that money, I'm able to pay my teachers and keep going. A lot of people were affected by this, of course, you know, layoffs and mm. lost revenue. Yeah. And Unemployment went from like 4% to like 30% or something. It's crazy. It's crazy. I don't yeah. know what the actual unemployment rate is, but it's, I'm sure mm. it's big, right? Yeah. And of course, music lessons are not, in, not essential for a lot of people. I guess so. Not. I mean, I, yeah, mm-hmm. I find it hard to see it that way, but it is uh, when you're considering whether or not you're going to feed your child. So, yeah, food is more important than music, I guess. <laughs> I guess, yeah. That, yeah, that was, we'll have to give food that. Yeah. And um, so, because of this pandemic, all this, they have a scholarship called the Kids Play Scholarship Fund, and whereas normally there'd be a lot of sports happening where the money could be allocated, that all went away. And we were able to still teach online, 
I mean, I kind of picked that up and threw that at the teachers overnight, you know. By the way, we're all going to be teaching on Zoom now, <laughs> and here's how to do it. But then because of that, we were able to still get scholarship money, still help kids as best we could, given the situation, and we, it kept us afloat. I got my idol, so you I got my idol, my idol loan. My, it's a, the Economic Injury Disaster oh, Loan. Oh, EIDL. Got yeah, it. They yeah. call it the idol. Okay. Yeah, yeah got it. So mm-hmm. when that came, then, uh, you know, it was like a relief. Oh, my gosh. I, I can afford rent again. I can afford to pay my teachers, you know, and I can afford to do all the things that it'll take for a music school to sustain itself in the long run knowing what we know now, like acrylic shields and air purification systems and all of the new sanitization requirements. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So very, oh, you, very lucky. You, you said that one of the things you learned is not to fall apart when like some disaster happens as a business owner. Yeah. What's your strategy for that? What's like the first thing you think of? Some, something, something tough happens and how, what, what's, what's Kim Lay's advice for how to not fall apart when something happens. Just trust in the process. Trust that there will be a period of stress after which things are bound to get better again. If you're creative enough and strong enough to figure it out. Hmm. Yeah. But it takes some major times of just sitting there and thinking, you know? Uh, Hmm. And I do have to stop running around and I just have to really concentrate and I have to brainstorm. So you actually like just sit down and have think sessions. Yeah, I have to. Okay. And I'm just by myself. And sometimes it stresses me out, but hmm. I have to okay. do it. You sit down and have think sessions. I've done that. Yeah, right. I've, I've had a problem and I've thought, I'm going to have to just like sit really down. sit down and think yeah. this through for a while. Or lie down. <laughs> or lay down. Yeah. yeah. Or hopefully have a dream that gives me the solution. Right. Has, <laughs> you know, I have very vivid dreams and I do figure out a lot of things in dreams. Oh, really? How so? That's like, cool. I, f- yeah, yeah. I figured out how to play like whole styles of music that I couldn't figure out in real life. And then I dreamt it. And then finally, you know, it clicks. Hmm. Good for you. That's wow. awesome. Yeah. Wow. I have a friend who's a pilot. And before um, he can do a trick in the air, he kind of goes through it in his dreams. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. So oh. I'm a lucid dreamer and I just kind of have a lot of stuff happen when I sleep. Sleeping oh. is important. Nice. <laughs> oh, so, wow, you, yeah. so you are a lucid dreamer, you yeah. said. Nice. I've yeah. done some lucid dreaming. That's Fun, really, right? it's really a wonderful thing if it you can is. learn how to do it. Do you have a, a technique that you use for waking up in your dreams? Like, how do you get lucid? The, the way my lucid dreams always start is with the sensation of falling. Falling, mm. okay. And I fall, and it's scary. And the way I dream, I'm very awake, even if I'm dreaming. So, if I'm falling, I can actually wake myself up. If I'm scared, I would wake myself up, then I'm awake. But if I remember to trust the process, trust the fall, then it turns into a lucid dream. Trust the mm. fall. I love it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And then yeah, at that point, good. then you can start controlling things. Oh, and then it's like total freedom. Total freedom. I can total drive as freedom. fast as I want without worrying of... Do anything you want. Yeah. I've trained myself to fly to New York at one point where I couldn't go to oh, New York. Wow. I flew from here to New York so with my arms. That you said that. We, we were planning on doing a trust fall with you later. Oh, yeah. shoot. Yeah. <laughs> Just so you know. Do I have no. to be awake for that? No. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. uh, what I do is um, 
when I, if something weird happens, I'll do this all the time when I'm awake, right? Because you have to be able to test whether you're dreaming when you're awake. Yeah. Because if you don't yeah. do it when you're awake, then you'll never do it, right? So what I'll do is I'll just jump in place. I'll just oh. stand and jump. And if I come right back down, maybe I'm dreaming and maybe I'm not. But if I don't come back down... Then you know. I'm definitely dreaming. And it's, it's like a free test. You can do it anytime. Exactly. <clears throat> I mean, I know that there's the indicators. Like, you know that if you're reading and the words don't make sense, mm -hmm. usually that means you're in a lucid dream. That works for me, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I do that. For me, um, yeah. But as soon as I realize I'm lucid, the fall turns into an upwards rise. And I'm yeah. breaking through ceilings. Yeah. And trees and then I'm up in the sky. Mm. I love to fly. I remember looking at clocks and yeah, um, clocks. the numbers would start to shift mm -hmm. as I would look at it. I'm like, ah, okay, I'm lucid dreaming or astral, if we want to put it that way, yeah. having an out-of-body experience because mm -hmm. the clock is behaving strangely. Yeah. That would tell me. Mm. Is that is that the same thing in your mind, lucid dreaming astral and projection. astral travel? There, astral there, there's a paper-thin difference between the two. In my experience. Interesting. Yeah, it's a very, very thin difference, but yeah, it feels different. One of them, one of them is definitely more physical to me. Which one? Astral. The okay. astral experience is more or like an etheric feeling, like, like, like I'm taking all of the sensation of being in my body and it's all there along with my mind and all the other things. Uh -huh. Whereas when I'm having a lucid dream, it's less physical slightly mm -hmm. and more of a mental experience for me okay. which I, I don't know why that like as i say it out loud that sounds slightly irrational because you know all of it's mind right <laughs> but uh, yeah it's sure. just the way i differentiate that huh, in my in my thinking my experience so is astral travel or some sort of astral experience something you can experience while you're awake or is it all yes. part of a, like an oniric kind of landscape? It's all, there's, a, there's always a hypnagogic or gogic, you know, kind of mm -hmm. state that's going on where you're in between. But what I've noticed is when I'm having an astral experience, it's slightly more conscious. Okay. There's a lot more of an awareness of the room that I'm in physically, like I'll, that, maybe that's a differential right there, that, or, or a differentiation that, that's important. When I'm having an astral experience, I'm very aware, very aware that there's a body that, that I'm normally in that's in the bed or in the chair or on the floor or whatever, whilst I'm exploring this other world. Right. And maybe you can look back and see that. I body. can. At any moment, I'm instantly aware of where my yeah. body is. So I, can, I can sense that. Huh. I feel, it's almost like I'm feeling two things at once. I'm aware that they're my body. Right is in the bed and I could feel, if someone were to like glaze their finger along my, uh, my, my wrist or forearm, I would sense that immediately. Uh, so there's, a, there's sort of a duality to the There's astral. a duality, yeah. It, yeah, I think you're right about that. It's, it's like I'm aware of two things at once. Lucid dreaming, not as much. A little yeah. bit of a tangent here, but that's okay. It is. <laughs> I tend to wake up the second I realize I'm dreaming. Oh. As soon as I realize I'm dreaming, oh, I'm awake. Because it's so exciting, right? You're like, holy shit, I can do whatever I want. Oh, I'm awake. Well, I think enlightenment is going to be like that for me. I think I'm going to go, oh, wait a minute. Oh, I'm enlightened. <laughs> Just like that. You know, and that's how it's going to be. You know, yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm glad I woke up from that. You know, then it'll be, <laughs> then it'll be lucid living. Yeah. That's what that's going to be. It's basically so like Zoom. 
Yeah. Astral travel is just basically Zoom. It That's is. all it is. It is you know, Zoom. It's just Zoom. So the pandemic is training us to be astral beings. Oh, yeah. It's getting us ready for the next wave. Yeah. yeah. Maybe. I'm yeah. ready. <laughs> ready. <laughs> yeah, totally. Totally. Um, well, this was fun, Kim. Thanks for getting us talking about dreaming. Yeah. We did a whole dream episode, so it was fun. Oh, I yeah, love it. It was, it was a lot of fun. Um, but, you know, you said that, like, you you when you do your lucid dreaming, you start to go up and you start going through ceilings and things like that. It sounds kind of metaphorical for what you've experienced kind of in your life. You know, you, you sort of said that earlier that you kind of had something to prove, you know, yeah. and it's it's consistent in your dreams. Rising you know? to new heights. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of yes, interesting. Getting beyond boundaries. Trusting the fall and... Not being afraid to fail and overcoming obstacles. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It all kind of. I didn't. I, I didn't even connect that until I said it out loud here. Mm-hmm. Walking through <laughs> yeah. walls. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. So, well, when you said that you trust the fall when you go into a lucid dream, that's what you, kind of what you just said about you know. I asked you that question. You know, what, what, how do you do that when there's a little catastrophe? You know, in in business or something, and yeah. and you just sort of know you're gonna be okay. You you trust it and you you go with it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's kind of cool. It's kind of cool. I'm curious what, what um you're you're a music teacher. Yes. Right? What is your musical background? How did this start for you? What's 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 the the the, the little Kim story? Little Kim started piano lessons at 4 years old and she they were little. really nice, but um I think my parents quickly decided that another teacher would be better. I mean, like, mad respect for you, Oliver, and you, how much you work on teaching your own kids music. It didn't work in my family, <laughs> and it's not working with my generation now either, with oh, my own children. Your first teacher was your father? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, my, my father and my mother. Okay. They were both musicians. Um, father met mother when he was a choir director. She was a soprano. I think it's a pretty uh, traditional pairing. <laughs> and, mm. um, <laughs> yeah. Then war broke loose, you know, hell broke loose, and then they they fled to America and had me from Vietnam. Yeah, from Vietnam. Yeah, after the fall of Saigon. Wow. And then had me four years later. Wow. So you were born in America. Yeah. The United States, I should say, because there's more to America than the United States. True. Right? <laughs> America. <laughs> so was piano always your instrument? Was that your thing? Yeah, we started with piano lessons, and though I've taken some. Other instruments here and there, I've taken a little violin lessons, trombone, um, clarinet, drums. Mm-hmm. I'm mostly still a pianist. That's the one instrument that it's irreducible. I got to have it. Right. Do you yeah. do that with one hand, the little violin that you took lessons about? <laughs> Just curious. Yeah, why didn't you take yes. normal size violin lessons? Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of curious what's up with that. that too. Yeah. I think that's bad parenting. Why are piano players so black and white? I don't get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't get it. Mm-hmm. So linear, totally. Right. Yeah, that's the key, really. That well, is the key. Well, and also, Kim, you have a skill that I tremendously admire. You are an accompanist. Oh. You work at Santa Ana College, right, as a, an accompanist on the piano. Yeah, I just uh, wrapped up working on my director's big musical that he wrote. This kind of an it's not an oratorio, but I think it's more of a musical, and um, he did it during his sabbatical. That's Dr. Elliot Jones of Santa Ana College, mm-hmm. and he just got an award for um, for his composition, which was, which was beautiful. Wow. So we just wrapped a show in December. So we were doing Frankenstein in December, which was kind of fun. Wow. Mm-hmm. Frankenstein. Yeah, it was an adaptation. It's Frankenstein to yes. you. Mm-hmm. Frankenstein. <laughs> so we just played that, and 
Nice. But so uh, I have a friend named Lonzo Luconi, who we all know, Yay. who we do uh, music nerd editions of the Authenticity Show. I think we've done three so far. Actually, we just recorded one last week. You guys nice. didn't even know that. Oh, nice. I just didn't even know. Yeah. It was exciting. Ninja be, recording. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but um, we had an, a, dis- a discussion about accompanists, and we both agreed that accompanists are the unsung heroes of the music world. And I think Lonzo was saying there should be statues at every university <laughs> honoring the accompanists because I swear to God, you guys do more work. Like there'll be some kid doing a recital, like a violinist doing a recital. The accompanist on the piano does like four times the amount of work and has to sight read everything. And the standards are higher for you because if you make one mistake, then it's bad, right? And it's like, it's just like this amazing skill. How do you, I, I watched you sight read an opera thing like couple months ago when we did a gig and i think it was in like d flat or something there's fucking like six flats and you're <laughs> reading it perfectly how do you do that it's like reading a book i guess so you, but you, like, you practice reading enough it's a very small um amount of people in the world that can do that kind of thing it's like reading a book but reading four to six sentences at the same time actually yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of exactly. you know that, that sounds crazy. like a problem to me yeah i think i could do that but only the music can it make sense right it's like yeah i don't know what you're talking about yeah it's sad. <laughs> <laughs> like here's this one line it's up here and here's another one that's down there and your eyes just have to scan you know vertical up and down and it's so neat. is this easy for you or did you have to work hard to be able to do this i've worked very hard yeah i'm sure you did yeah and i've had a lot of years of practice being an accompanist, I had some very patient people with me in the beginning when I started working as an accompanist at the age of 18. And um, that's why I will always have a soft spot in my heart for Santa Ana College, because they gave me this very um, rare and marketable skill. Speaking of awards, I keep seeing you being awarded in all these different ways, and kind of want to ask you about that as well. You got awarded recently, didn't you? Yeah, right in the middle of this, um, the start of this COVID scare. <laughs> um, last year, I had I got an Ambassador of the Year award with the Chamber of Commerce. That was in 2019, and then just this year, I was given. Uh, two awards in March in honor of um, Women's History Month. And it's also 100 years this year since women's suffrage. So it was kind of a cool year until, you know, everything got turned upside down. But I got two Women uh, Women of the Year awards this year at um, the state and federal level. So one is a congressional award and one is a a local, like the state assembly and a... I don't know. See, this is why I was researching tonight. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but, but somehow, um, but you didn't get to go to Sacramento to receive your award because of COVID-19, right? Sorry. Oh, I see. You have your notes here. Good. Yeah, I just because I didn't know what I was But it, doesn't that also speak a little bit to Kim, though? I mean, that, yeah. that she doesn't even know the award she got. Like, honestly, <laughs> that's super cute. And it's also um, like... It's very much you. Like you're, you're not a, an, you're not an arrogant person. You're not a prideful person. You're a very humble, um, modest person. You know, and I find that very beautiful. I feel so like... I, I just, 
think that just fits perfectly that you don't even know what the awards were <laughs> perfectly because even though you appreciate them, there's a, there's a modesty. It's like you don't think I'm going to have to be able to, I want to have to tell everybody what what the, what I've done, you know, to right. signal everybody that, that that's who I am. Because it's not, you know, who you are is just an awesome person oh, is who you, you are. Carlos. You deserve to get lots, the, you, you deserve every reward you've gotten and then some, but it's just awesome. Anyway, I love you. Oh, I love you <laughs> too, you Carlos. I love you? Oh, I love you so much. <laughs> I love you, Kim. <laughs> you are one of those people that has helped me through you know, the beginning of these times where things were really stressful, like nego- negotiating contracts for you know, commercial property. That's nothing I've ever done. Mm. And you talked me through that and you helped me calm down and made it so that I could do it and do it well and you know, go through negotiations and yeah. tense conversations. Well, of course, you know, I'm always there for you as a friend, but um, you know, therein lies another example of how you are. I mean, you know, I'm complimenting you, and here you are complimenting me. It's just, oh. it's cute, and it's sweet, and it's loving, and anyway, this is like a tennis match. Yeah. No, stop it, Kim. <laughs> <laughs> Coachy. So, you know, if I do have the chance, I do want to thank the people who gave me the award. Yeah, well, um, yeah absolutely. So, I mean, um, the the one that I found out about first was the assembly. Award. So it was Dr. Stephen Choi of the 68th Assembly District. So he basically assemblyman, in case you guys don't know, it's like the job of like six mayors, basically, or five mayors. So he represents Anaheim, Irvine, Lake Forest, Orange Tustin, North Tustin, and Villa Park. Wow. And he goes to Sacramento and he proposes bills to help out our town. And he's a tireless fighter for, for the rights of people who are underrepresented and all sorts of situations that have to do with human trafficking and all, you know, a number of things that no one wants to have to think about. Wow. Stephen hmm. Choi, respect. Yeah. Yeah, right, for sure. Yeah. He is a Republican working in Irvine right now. And that's where my award is from. So um, what was interesting is that my other award, also a Women of the Year award, came from Congressman Lou Correa. And he's a Democrat. And hmm. He's a great man too, you know? I mean, these are both people that I look up to who are doing right by their towns. And anybody in charge gets a bad rap, but I know that they love their cities. And so I really appreciate that. Bipartisan I, recognition. Bipartisan recognition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's Very pretty nice. awesome. Yeah, it's nice to hear. But I'm a musician, you know? I don't, politics have nothing to do with what I do. Right. We, uh, you know, Oliver, we make everybody exactly. hopefully feel a little bit better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the bards have a special place in the world, don't they? <laughs> Always have. Mm. Like Mercury, we can travel between the worlds. Indeed. Yeah. So, Kim, um, I'm just going to have to to pry a little bit more okay. because you're 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 very humble, and uh, you know we ask you about your your awards, and you thank the people that gave them to you. Um, Help us understand, or help any listeners understand, um, what are some of the things that somebody would do to be recognized and to earn awards like this? Because, I mean, you obviously had to do some things and some, some pretty nice special things that matter to some people. Um, right. share, share some of those things. The award with Stephen Choi, um, my, one of my employees wrote a very nice letter and he chose me from, I don't know how many people, a lot, but um, the employee wrote a very, I guess, in persuasive letter mm-hmm. and she's one of the teachers that I helped she kind of looked to me to um, she student taught with me when she was getting her credential 
for teaching music, for teaching piano. So I helped her out a lot. Um, gave her the, my time, and she wrote a nice letter. So mm, lovely. Okay. Yeah. Returning the love with more love. <laughs> yeah. All right. And All right. Uh, the congressional award was given to me. Um, I had no idea that this person t- thought about me at all, but apparently she was. So that goes back to Rachel Rolnicki. And um, she was, at the time, the field representative for Congressman Correa. And I would run into her at all the different events in town, um, ribbon cuttings, like you say, Oliver. And You have a giant pair of scissors. Yes, <laughs> and I know how to use them. <laughs> it's like that scene from The Big Lebowski. Right? <laughs> That's like the dream scene. Oh, I want to watch that. Cut yeah. off your Johnson, Mr. Lebowski. <laughs> <laughs> We are nihilists. <laughs> it's, not, it's not like that. I don't think it's like that. <laughs> oh, man. Unless That's we're funny. going back into lucid dreaming. And then yes. Maybe. Yes. Yeah. Well, that was kind of a, yeah, that was a, that was the dream scene. It was the dream okay. scene. Yeah. Anyways, back to Kim. Yeah. Um, so you do actually have a, a large giant pair of scissors. You, you, They're not you, mine. They belong to the chamber, but I can often be found with that giant pair of scissors in the back of my minivan. Okay. <laughs> are they sharp? Very. They're really, seriously. They're they're very yeah, sharp. So very sharp. so don't play with those. No. Have you ever run with those? <laughs> I'm just curious. I'm Only just in my dreams. Some, I'm wondering the same okay. thing. So. Good, good. Yeah. I would advise that in real life. R- running with scissors. Yeah. Giant dreams. scissors. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. So Kim, we're in a band together, you and me. It's true, Oliver. People need to know this. Uh we have a band called Odmoya. That's right. Uh, the leader of the band is Eric Salinas. Yes. Who is amazing in his own right, multi-talented guitar player, songwriter. And also just super humble and... Yeah. And we have our rehearsals lovable. at your school. Yep. After hours. These sometimes run late into the night, past midnight sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. And they're, they're really super fun. I, I joined the band recently. I'm the bass player in the band. And, I, I will sing and singer. Sometimes. Um, but it's such a fun band because it's like everyone's just there to have a good time. There's no like, you know, expectations or deadlines or any of those things you get sometimes with professional musicians. It's exactly. like, it's almost like I, I show up and like time ceases to exist. We're just there. And it's like, I, I really enjoy playing with Odemoya. That's a nice thing that you said. I think Eric, Eric would love to hear you say that because the tagline on the, on the Odemoya on the Odmoya page is uh, music from a time you never knew. Yeah, because I remember listening and I think the comment that I made was that I felt like um, there was a bit of the kind of absinthe days of, you know, like like the the impressionist um, French, um, you know, time. What am I I talking about here? What's that... The Impressionist period, you yeah, know, when, when that period. was yeah, so the, popular. There's the kind of a... Fin de siècle? Yeah, there's <laughs> maybe a slight... Around the turn of the century, the last century. Exactly, like <laughs> Victorian kind of, yeah, yeah, mix of, of stuff going on there. I really liked it. When I heard you guys, um, it put me in a dreamy state, speaking of dream states. Oh, good. You know, just listening to it because it was, I don't know, I resonated with the the music with the sound well if we ever have live music again in the world we will hopefully we'll play again i think the first forms that'll come back are obviously outdoor concerts if anything's going to come back in terms of live music that's it where you can have enough social distancing or whatever yeah can we do a parking lot concert at pacific conservatory i think that's what we're going to do tomorrow night during our rehearsal we're just going to drag everything outside and just play in the parking lot 
Yeah, in front of the Smartin final or next door to the Smartin final. <laughs> we could. I mean, is there any law against it? Is there any reason why we can't have a concert in the parking lot? I'm sure there's no. something, but like, what the no. fuck? Why not? Let's do it. No, I, I have insurance for that. Okay. Yeah. Insurance if like if we get sued or something? Yeah. Like if, we, if you fall down in the parking lot, you are covered as my employee. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like a lot of things have to change. And I, th- my I feel like we're all improvising right now, right? Oh yeah, so no one has a game plan for this. Let's just uh, let's just be people and like turn these spaces into creative art spaces. Why can't a parking lot be a venue for amazing musical happenings? Exactly. A musical swap meet. People are already yeah. starting to do that. Yeah. Zove's Intestine, the restaurant. Zove's Bistro, I love yeah. it. Yeah, um, they're they're cordoning off parking spaces and they're delivering food to the cars and they're having. Another good friend of mine, Cliff Miller, live musician, playing. Yeah, he's playing outside in the parking lot. Nice. So they're, they're doing nice. that. You know, I was talking to Ron Kobayashi. Yeah, great and jazz he did pianist, that. and he's doing it at the Bayside, Bayside restaurant in Newport Beach. You can park, and although it got ruined by gangs of unmasked people coming up and like not social distancing, but I guess they're open again for dine-in service, so I guess it's okay now. Yeah, hmm. yeah, he is a he's a guy who will draw a crowd. Oh, Ron Kobayashi. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Very cool. All right. Very, very cool. So, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm just, I just kind of always curious. Cause you know, I mean, I hear, here, here we are talking to this, this award winner and music school principal and, you know, uh, person who trusts the fall. I always like to just hear about somebody's cultural experience and their background and growing up. You grew up here. You went to school here in Orange County, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And, um, uh, what is your recommended Vietnamese dish? I need to know. Are you carnivorous? Are you more vegetarian seeking? Vegetariano, vegetarian. Vegetarian? Yeah, a pescatarian. Pescatarian. So oh. what do I need to go eat? If you do indeed like fish, there's this roast fish dish. And it's usually a gigantic catfish. The head's still on. I don't know if that bothers you. I've had that. It's just a big fried catfish. Delicious. Yes. Mm. With like lettuce to wrap it yeah, in. Yeah, you make little like lettuce that. wraps with it. There's little lots pickled of vegetables and oh yeah, and chili garlic sauce and, and garlic and onions and yeah, mm. love that. We should all go. That sounds great. Where sounds can, great. Where can we get this? Little Saigon. Okay. Got we'll to go to a restaurant for that. Let's you know, now that you mention it, I may have had it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, no, I didn't have like the whole fish. I, it was it was like a, a, a batter dip thing and that that I had. So no, I don't I don't think I've quite had that. Do you like shrimp? Sure. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. I'll eat some shrimp. There's yeah. also a very popular Vietnamese dish uh, called bánh xèo. And that's basically uh, this yellow crepe. It's fried. Um, so it's almost like a big taco. Mm. But there's bean sprouts, um, mung bean, shrimp. Mm. You dip it in fish sauce. You dip everything in fish sauce. Mm. <laughs> okay. And that's good too. It's kind of ironic, isn't it? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so, no, let, let's, let's talk about Jaya. Let's talk about dessert. Oh, right. Yes. Okay, did my you favorite. Just pull out some Vietnamese. I did. He did. He just wow. dropped the jam uh, and, and whipped and, it and out right by, in front by, of us. Yeah. yeah, I did. I did. And 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 what w- did you see? What I whip out next, right? <laughs> Which, uh, by the way, Kim, I, I apologize for my poor 
pronunciation, but uh, great. Jejui is Jejui? really good. It's my favorite. Yeah. Ooh, so banana. I just whipped out the banana so dessert. Yeah. Okay. Mm. So Joy banana. It is so good. It, it's yeah. like salty and sweet and it's coconut warm. cream and... I don't know what it is. It yeah, blows I mean, my mind every time I have it. I think we need to go like have this catfish and then go have some Vietnamese dessert. Mm-hmm. That this sounds is good be to me. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't good. ventured down there in so long. I've very seldom ventured outside of my own city mm-hmm. because of this COVID situation. Are they open? I mean, are, are places are opening up now, yeah, right? Yeah, places some are definitely. Are open yeah, I think it was not last weekend, but the weekend before that phase, latter phase two was finally enacted. So are we talking about, like, where is Little... Are we talking about Westminster? Yeah. Westminster? Oh, yes. Slash Garden Grove. So it's not that far away. No. It's like a 15-minute drive. It isn't is. it common in Vietnamese culture for these places to be open late? Yes. So or this is good for hours. people like us. Yes, it is. Yeah. yeah. Us night owls. Could, yeah, we could go get some, some Vietnamese dessert and some catfish and everything. Yeah. You we know? could do it right now. We actually probably could. Let's call this uh, a good enough conversation then. <laughs> <laughs> Catfish and some jejui. What's your favorite uh, Vietnamese dessert? That would, you know, that's that's really up there. I can't think of another one that I I don't, I don't actually. Oh, as a kid, we always called it green worms and milk. Green worms and milk. That sounds yeah. so good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what the real name for it is because is that grass we just jelly? always grass jelly and. Is that different? It, there, there's, there, I don't like. I mean, the, 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 there is a grass jelly dessert, but the green worms and milk is just coconut milk, and it's what looks like just little green worms that yeah. are made from maybe tapioca or something. Yeah, more gelatinous. And it was the precursor to modern day boba. Yeah. yeah, except it was green and long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boba is Chinese, though, right? Probably. Yeah, the word boba. Yeah. Doesn't boba mean boobs in Chinese? Yeah, boobs or nipples or something. Does it? Like boobies, yeah. yeah, boba. Oh. That's what this yeah, mm. So when I say I don't like boba. <laughs> we love boba. I mean, we just we do. <laughs> now yeah. I know what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm rather partial to it myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Coming full circle with the Clinton. Yeah, you know. I just also want to point out that um Kim pulled out some notes earlier and her notes were on the back of a page of music notes, which I found quite ironic and well, amusing. It was. Yeah. It was just cute. Beethoven. Yeah. Is that what that is? Mm-hmm. You know, who Which writes one? their notes on the back of Beethoven Which notes? Beethoven? Moonlight Sonata. Ah, I love that. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. Isn't there a full moon tonight? I saw a moon. Yeah, I believe. I believe it is. Yeah. It's been gorgeous leading up to it, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it has. Kim, who's your favorite that. composer? Bach. Bach. Oh, me too. Of course. Stop clucking like a chicken. Who do you really like? <laughs> <laughs> Bach, Bach, Bach. <laughs> well, Bach's the best. Bach's the best. So, Why is Bach the best? Like, what's the, Oh, dude, yeah. that's a whole nother episode. Okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's foreshadow another episode. Yes. Yeah. Coming soon. As a pianist, though, I mean, Bach. Yeah. Oh yes. I mean, as a guitarist, I played Bach on guitar. You know. Yeah. Uh, Bach is a character builder, as they say, right? Because when you're working on it, it's like I'm not getting any better at this, and I keep practicing. Well, that's that's Bach. It teaches you the art of delayed gratification. Yeah. Would you have any favorite uh, pieces of his to play on the piano? Um, partita C minor. C minor, really? Mm-hmm. I played that on the guitar. Dum boom 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 boom. Well, there, I'm sure there's many C minor. Maybe there's more than one. Yeah. That's not the one you were thinking of. Oh, it's a different C minor partita. It is. Okay. Yeah. 
He wrote so much stuff. Voluminous. I mean, oh my gosh. Prolific, both in having children and making partitas. <laughs> mm, sounds like a Mexican dish. It does. I'm hungry. I want to eat some partitas. Having kids and uh, partitas. I know. That sounds great. Kids, we are having partitas tonight. <laughs> yeah. Your mother is making partitas. Yeah, catfish on partitas. Yeah. Well, Kim Lee, thank you so much for coming over and talking to us tonight. Yes, Kim. Oh, it's such a pleasure mm-hmm. to talk to Come on the you. three of you. Come on. Hongachi <laughs> Ang. You're welcome. <laughs> right. Wonderful having you here. You've been listening to The Authenticity Show with your hosts, Carlos Casados and Satch Purcell. Very special thanks to our guest, the amazing Kim Lee. My name is Oliver Altine. I produce the show. I also wrote our theme song, which you're listening to right now. And the interstitial music this time was a piece I wrote and recorded with my children. That's Zoe Altine on the bass and Emmett Altine on the piano. Please remember to subscribe to The Authenticity Show wherever you get your podcasts. Find us on social media, and you can find our website at authenticityshow.com. Thanks for listening, and have an authentic day.